So Money Episode 262, Jen Scalia. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, you're listening to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Great to have you back. If you're a female entrepreneur or wannapreneur, you'll hopefully be as inspired as I am by today's lovely guest. Jen Scalia is a visibility coach and online business strategist who specializes in helping female entrepreneurs stand out in their industry to make an impact in their area of expertise. She's best known for her tough love, no BS style when it comes to managing her clients. And Jen has quite the story of her own, having hit rock bottom only to come back stronger than ever. She lost the love of her life, moved back in with her parents, piled up debt, She was a single mom and realized, you know what? It's time for a change. She motivated herself to build a six-figure business to become an online superstar. And today she helps thousands of entrepreneurs who follow her teachings of how to promote their brands online. She is regularly featured on Huffington Post, Elite Daily, and Mind Body Green. This is a really rich conversation, everyone. You know, uh, she shares a lot about her past, her divorce, her single parenting, living at home with her family, and of course, how she involves herself with clients. We talk about her very long but poignant mission statement that not only expresses her financial philosophy, but who she wants to be, how she wants to feel, and the people she wants to work with. I think everybody should do this. We talk about how she experienced life as a boomerang kid living with her parents post-divorce, the wake-up call she had to get herself out and about and living independently on her own once again. And what she would do if she won the lottery. I was shocked to hear this, and we had to have a little pep talk following this answer, but she said it uh, would encourage her to pay off her husband's debts, her ex's debts. Oh, no. Here we go. The lovely Jen Scalia. Welcome to So Money, Jen Scalia, my no BS tough love coach. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? So I have to say, I've been on your website and I've been reading about you and we were connected through a mutual friend, Selena Sue, who was on this podcast not too long ago. Selena is a publicity and business strategist. You wanted to focus on women because you found this underlying common theme of perhaps a lack of confidence. How did you discover this and why did you decide I want to tackle this? So I actually discovered it within myself first. (laughs) So when I started like my own journey, that's where I kept getting stuck. It was like I knew all the stuff. I was taking courses. I had the knowledge. I, you know, had the education, but something was keeping me stuck and I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, and finally, I did realize that it just had to do with like my mindset and my confidence. And once I figured that part out, like everything completely changed for me. And so that's what I want to help people with now is really having them realize like, it's already in you. Like there's some, it's already in there. You have enough knowledge, you have everything. You just got to go out there and get it. So it's really about just helping them shift their mind and and building that confidence so that they can go out and get whatever they want. Unleashing the, the confidence or as Tony Robbins says, the power within. 
I want you to be a little more descriptive about your personal story because you have a very unique personal story. And I was reading it in the introduction before we got on together. But, you know, talk about being a single mom, going back in to live with your parents, that moment in your life, what were all the thoughts going through your head? And then ultimately, what was the light bulb moment that shifted everything for you? And real, you make, you know, you had the clarity, you had the, the clouds parted and you're like, I'm going to just, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. So when I started my journey as an entrepreneur or solo entrepreneur, I actually just did it because I had been laid off twice in a year um, from two different jobs. And I just, I was sick of it. I was just tired of having someone else dictate, you know, how much money I was going to make, when I was going to make money, if I would even get a paycheck. Um, and I had a newborn son at the time. Um, so I decided I was going to go on my own. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I definitely got stuck um, during that time. And it took me a, a while to like, gain footing in my business. And during that time, I was actually also going through a divorce. Um, I lost my house. Um, so I had to actually move back in with my parents. So I had pretty much like all of the stuff working against me, um, personally and professionally and financially. And it really a lot for me to actually move back in with my parents because I had been out on my own since I was 17 and a half. Like literally as soon as I was able to like finish high school and like go out on my own, I left and I was like, I'm never coming back. Um, <laughs> and I had to come back. So it really came for me like a point where I had to just like swallow my pride and say, okay, like this is where I'm, where I'm at. Now, instead of harping on what happened to me or why this happened to me or where I'm at now, it was really me shifting my focus to like where I want to be and what I wanted to prove not to my parents and not to anybody else, but to myself, that I could totally make a shift and get things back to where I wanted it to be. Who were you looking up to at that point? What were you reading? What were you taking notice of that? Because I mean, certainly, I I think you're underselling this. And I think you probably did a lot more research and, and focusing on the possibilities during this time can you be a little more specific about that? Because I think that's going to be really uh, interesting to to me and to listeners. Yeah, for me, it was really about finding other people who were doing what I wanted or who were where I wanted to be. Um, and of course, like I started out when I first started my journey, I was like this um, hardcore Marie Forleo fan. Um, I just saw her and I was just like, wow, she's really, she's so giving and she's so generous and, and look how much she's given to me. And that's actually where I started my journey. I actually took B school. That was the very first thing I, I did. Um, and then from then I just actually discovered like this whole world of women. And this is probably why I am so attracted to just working with women. Um, because I see like so many possibilities in like all of these women, people that are successful, and previous, my previous life, um, I didn't see that. It was a lot of women being catty, being, you know, competitive with each other, not liking each other, not supporting each other. And when I got into like this entrepreneurial world and I saw how these women were like coming together and completely supporting each other, it was just, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. And I knew I wanted to be part of it. Um, I would say the people that I looked up to were more people that were actually, tangible. So there were people that I actually saw their stories and I saw them evolve and grow into that person that I wanted to be because for me that made it more real. Um, you know, so instead of looking at like a celebrity or, you know, an expert or a guru and saying, oh, well, they've been able to complete that. So, you know, that makes it possible for me. For me, 
it was really about finding people. And mainly these were my personal coaches and my business coaches that actually did it. And I saw the story and I saw them evolved, which made for me it even more real and more possible. Yeah, that's a really good point. You don't have to shoot for the stars to dream. You can just look around you and there are people with exemplary stories and businesses that you can learn from. And and to your point, they're accessible. <laughs> you can ask yes. them questions. You can write them an email and they'll probably write back. For you, when you're selecting clients, who do you look for? Because not everyone can be saved. Not everyone is going to be successful <laughs> in the way that you prescribe. Um, to, to some extent, your clients have to be able to help themselves and they have to come to the table with a certain, with a certain caliber of, of determination, motivation. Who is your ideal client and, and why? Absolutely. Um, I love that you asked this question because it took me a while to actually figure out who that person was. In the beginning, I did think I was the type of person that could save anybody and, oh, if I just would get them to see this or I would get them to realize this one thing, then they would be able to make this happen for themselves. And I realized that that is so not true. Um, the people that I love, love to work with are people that are, they're going to be successful no matter what, um, with me or without me. Um, they really have something inside of them. They have a fire inside of them. They're go-getters. They're ambitious. They have a lot of ideas, but they just don't know how to kind of package it in a way that makes sense. And in a way that's going to make a profitable and successful business. So the people that are already, like I mentioned, they're, they're going to be successful. They already have it in them and they just need that push and they need that support and accountability and strategy for me to like really make them soar. Accountability is such a good word because even in my <laughs> world, I need accountability partners because it life is distracting. And you, while you have it in your head that you want to achieve certain goals, things get in the way. Um, other things present themselves that make you feel that they should take priority when they really shouldn't. I'm not going to get too specific, but we all have these things. <laughs> I love that you consider yourself an accountability partner with your clients. So everybody, sign up for Jen Scalia. Her <laughs> website is jenscalia.com. I think that even just going through your website made me feel more confident. So thank you for the work that you do. Oh, thank you. Let's get to some money questions. I want to learn more about your money mind, Jen, and starting with your financial oh. philosophy. I'm sure you have more than one, but what's your top financial philosophy? So the, I believe there's a top thing that I do, and I started doing this about, I would say about three or four months ago, is I actually have a mission statement that I've written out, and I read it at least once a day, if not more. The statement really encompasses everything that I want to be, that I want to feel, including the types of people that I want to work with, including how much money I want to make, and why I want to make that money. And it's actually pretty long, <laughs> but it just is for me a reminder of like why I'm getting up every morning and doing this. Why am I getting up every morning and like bust my butt to, you know, um, be an entrepreneur and, you know, have all these things in my life. And I feel like the why um, is what really is what keeps me going and what really makes all of this make sense to me. All right. So drum roll, read it off. Oh. Were you, I mean, you can't give me that introduction and then not tell me what this mission statement is. I want to hear it. I don't care if it's too long. Okay. Um, I have to find it actually, but I do have it. Okay. Well, wait. I left, I left my phone in the other room. <laughs> I didn't want it to ring, but I have it on my notes in my phone. So. You didn't like write it on your hand or anything for the interview? Okay. Yeah, well, it's kind of long. 
long. <laughs> My hand's not that big. <laughs> All right. Do you really want to hear it? Yes. I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> Tell me. All right. So my mission statement, I help women coaches position themselves as the expert in their niche so they can effortlessly attract dream clients and make more money in their business. I only work with coaches who are in their first one to three years of business, know what their niche is, and have confidence in their skills as a damn good coach. I work with women who are going to be successful no matter what, but they need my help to get there faster. I absolutely reject anyone who only has an idea, who hasn't started yet, who lacks confidence in their skills and is not willing to invest in themselves. Without my help, these women will continue to waste money on courses and programs that don't deliver. They will struggle to get clients in the door and they will eventually end up giving up on their dreams and going back to a J-O-B. This makes their life a living hell because they'll have to admit that they're a failure, that their husband, mom, family, friends were right when they said you couldn't make money online and will always live paycheck to paycheck, never realizing their dream lifestyle. But with my help, these women will attract more clients, make more money, and have the freedom to live their lives the way they want. This benefits everything and everyone in their lives because they have the finances to live without the struggle. They'll have freedom, be able to travel, and create the life that they most desire. They are now known as the go-to expert in their industry, and their marketing and business is effortless, easy, and aligned. The way that I help them get results is by getting them absolute clarity on their message, confidence in their sales process, positioning them as the expert, packaging packaging their expertise, and expanding to new audiences with list building and social media, and putting it all together to create a sustainable plan that makes sense. Every discovery call I'm on ends in a yes. I offer these women support through my one-on-one and group programs. They are eager to learn from me and invest in themselves through me. I earn at least $50,000 a month for my guidance. I do this because I want to change the world one woman at a time. I want to be a role model for my son, and I want to show him and everyone else's life that I touch that anything is possible. I'm the best damn coach there is. I am here to change lives and change the world with my expertise, and I'm confident that I can get my clients the result they desire for a fraction of the cost and struggle it took me to get here. Woohoo! Oh my God. (laughs) If I had an applause button, I'd be pressing it a lot right now. That's beautiful, Jen. And I have to say, you know, as I was listening, there are a lot of financial philosophies, little nuggets hidden in there. And some of them include, I think, if I could extract, being your own boss is the ultimate form of financial freedom. You say, I heard family comes first, family then finances. I heard that confidence is invaluable. Confidence is the thing. And that's what's going to birth a lot of riches if you're willing to put your confidence out there in a meaningful way. Aren't you glad you read that out loud? Yes, it felt good. <laughs> it did feel good. It felt good hearing it. Well, uh, share with me now a, a a memory growing up. You grew up in New Jersey. You learn. You live in New Jersey. Uh, sounds like you're you're close with your family. Um, what was one pivotal money memory that you experienced that now as an adult and as a coach? you reflect upon with a lot of gratitude because it taught you so much. So one of the earliest things that I remember was when my dad got his first Corvette. So it was just white T-top with teal leather interior. It was beautiful. Um, I don't even remember how old I was. I was young. I was, you know, maybe eight, 10, something like that. And I remember my parents having to make sure that they had their little um, evil eye bracelet wrapped around the rearview mirror just in case anyone tried to curse them. 
So at an early age, I was actually really taught that being rich was like a shameful thing or having nice thing or, or having money was a bad thing and that you actually have to hide it so that you don't make other people feel bad about themselves. Wow. I remember my dad just saying like, oh, you know, my sisters and my brothers, they're going to they're gonna think I'm rich or they're going to say stuff about me. And, you know, I just don't want to let them know because, you know, they're not there. So that was one of the very first things. And, and that was a recurring theme, you know, with my parents, especially my father was just kind of hiding um, the money that he was making. And he worked really, really hard for his money. I think what you're saying happens a lot. And I'm sure that I experienced it in a similar way. But I also remember, for example, my father buying himself a nice car. I think he bought a Mercedes, but not driving it to work. Because mm. even though, I mean, his boss knows how much he makes and it wasn't like he was <laughs> financing this through the roof. It was paid for and uh, he could comfortably afford it. He, it wasn't the culture there. You know, it wasn't, he didn't, he doesn't work in a flashy environment. It's really like all about work, work, work. And, and so as an adult, did you find this playing a role in your life in some way? Did you find that experience finding its way into your adult life? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's something that I don't even think I consciously realized until uh, probably about a year ago when I started to really work on on my money story, and my money mindset and things. And I didn't realize how much these things that I was taught from when I was a child and taught from my dad and just the things that he said about money really affected me. And it really, I feel like stopped me from achieving certain things up until, you know, over probably the last 12 to 18 months. Um, when I finally figured it out and was able to let go of that stuff. But it really did hinder me um, just in everything, just in, you know, what I believed I deserved, you know, as far as money, as far as jobs, even as far as relationships. I, I really think it affected me in that way as well. Yeah. I think at the root of it is really fear, fear that when life is good, that it's going to be taken away from you. This is something that I think that Dr. Brené Brown speaks of a lot. She describes this human instinct. All, all, I think all of us experience this to some extent where as soon as things are going really well, really exciting, really bountiful, in the moment we feel happy, but immediately after we feel scared, we feel worried that it's going to be taken away from us because either A, in our heads we feel we're not worthy of it or we feel like it's just too good to be true. Whatever the mm -hmm. reason is, I think a lot of us struggle with that and not even just with money, but you know, experiencing a job promotion or a healthy baby or you buy a home, I think sometimes you feel like you can't be too excited about those things because, yeah. oh, gosh, you know. But it's like you can't have it all. Yeah, it's not possible to have it all. And if I'm having yeah, it all, it's right. not going to, it's going to be short lived. And I'm going to, right. life is a balance. Like, you know, I got to take the good with the bad. So if this is the good, what is the bad around the corner? Oh my gosh, I've had those yep. thoughts. I still do. <laughs> I still do. I think it's yeah. just part of human nature. What about your failures? So what would you say is your greatest financial failure? But again, we don't talk about failure on this show to really be down on ourselves, but to really identify the lessons learned in those, in those missteps, failures, regrets, whatever you want to call them. So I think this, this was a pattern for me um, and probably had to do with, you know, my money story and everything that I had taught, but, or I had learned, and I was definitely the type of person that just 
spent money without really thinking about it. And probably the biggest financial failure, because it's something I'm still dealing with today, was investing in a timeshare during my honeymoon. So, oh no, you you fell for that? Did they grab you as soon as you got off the flight? Yeah, (laughs) we fell for it. We were stupid. We were in love. We were, I mean, we were definitely duped by that sales performance. And I, like I said, I'm still dealing with it now. Mind you, me and my husband aren't even together anymore. Um, yet we have this 30 year contract, you know, together. Um, it's just, it's insane. Don't recommend it. Oh my gosh. I know. I I get a lot of, not a lot, but I get enough emails from listeners and throughout my work in the last 10 years. Like, I have this timeshare. I don't know how to offload it. What do I do? And unfortunately, you have to find someone that will want to take it from you. And by now, people have kind of been schooled (laughs) (laughs) that the the pitfalls of down of timeshares okay let's flip it you're so money moment you're making five figures a month you were living in your parents home not too long before that so what was your so money moment take us there my so many m- moment was the day that I realized I could leave my parents' house. <laughs> so when I first moved into my parents' house, um, I actually heard this term, which I never heard before, but it was called boomerang kid. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a boomerang kid. Like I had to move back in with my parents. When I first moved back in with my parents, they thought I was going to be there forever. Like they literally like <laughs> built this whole, you know, Aww. section of the house out for me with a little bathroom, walk-in closet and everything. Um, my dad literally like, thought I was going to be there forever. And, you know, I was like, no, I'm going to be out of here in a year. I'm going to be out of here in a year. I'm giving myself a year. And I just kept telling myself, it took me about a year and three months, um, but still pretty on track. Um, And I was able to move out. I have pretty much all my debts paid off, except for that time share thing. Um, And I was able to actually pay upfront rent for the entire year in my new house. And I'm in my office right now chatting with you from my new house. And that definitely was my so money moment. I just felt so good. Can I ask you a personal question? What does your ex-husband think of your amazing success now? I mean, can you, can you indulge me a little bit? Cause I don't know. I I, I didn't ask. I don't know how the relationship ended. I'm not really interested in that. Not the point, but you know, given that he is your ex and I'm sure you are in contact and you're in such a different place now in your life, how has that been for him seeing this seeing this new you honestly I I think he's happy for me um we actually get along really well we just could not be married so um I talk to him all the time um we talk probably like a couple times a week he comes and sees my son so I see him you know every week um and you know he hasn't really said anything but I know that when I was actually starting to make money and my bank account was like going higher and higher when he had to deposit like the child support money and the tuition payment I just I would like cringe every Friday because I'm like he's gonna say something he's gonna say something (laughs) and he's just never said anything but he just you know he'll just say things like yeah I know you have money or I know you're successful and things like that but it's been it's been cool I mean I'd be interested to see like what he really thought but he hasn't really said anything mm-hmm. yet so why can he see your bank account do you share a bank account we shared a bank account and I kept it open because that was the account that we um we actually just he would put the money in for right. my son 
So yeah, once I started making the money, I was like, okay, I have to get a different thing. Yeah, I would say if you're not married, you don't <laughs> so, longer join. You never have joined accounts. Yeah. You, you don't want him having the username yeah. and password to your joint bank account, and or or put that money somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little side tip. Okay, let's talk habits, Jen. What's your number one money habit? Oh, this one's interesting. Um, this I've actually been doing probably for over a year, probably about 12 or 13 months. Um, and it's that I track my income daily, like literally every single day. Um, I've been doing this religiously, like I said, over the past year. And I feel like it really got me from going from like this broke mindset to like this millionaire mindset because I'm able to see how abundant I really am, how easily money flows into my life, how I literally make money every day when I wake up. It's I have a ping on my PayPal account or something. Um, so just being able to track my money every day and really be thankful at the same time for every single penny that comes in, whether it's $5, whether it's a, you know, seven cent interest <laughs> reimbursement on my, you know, bank account. Like I track everything before I was always like, I'm just broke. I'm just broke. It didn't matter how much money I had. I just would always default to the I'm broke. Um, so this completely changed my mindset. And I know I am definitely not broke. I cannot agree more with you. I give this advice to everybody I meet. If they if they ask me like, what's your one tip, Farnoosh? And I'm like, just get real with your money. See where it's going. Check your balance every day. That may seem obsessive, but we do a lot of things every day that we wouldn't even think twice about. You know, we check the weather. We check our sports teams. We go to our emails. We go on to jcrew.com. We, you know, we do a lot of daily things that I think are a lot less serious and meaningful as going and checking your bank statement every day. I mean, if, if for no other reason, just to make sure there's not any incorrect charges, fraud. Unfortunately, these things are rampant these days, so we need to be really vigilant. So I'm glad that you do that. I'm A plus to that. All right, Jen, let's uh, round off this interview with some so money fill in the blanks. This is the part of the show where I start a sentence and then you finish it. First thing that comes to mind. I'm really curious to hear your 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 answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you have some good ones for me waiting. If I won the lottery tomorrow, say $100 million, the first thing I would do is? I would pay off the rest of my debts, including that timeshare. Um, I would pay off my family's debts that my immediate family, my you know parents, my sister. Um, and I would actually pay off my ex-husband's debts as well. Wow. Interesting. What? Why? Let's, would, let's, let's explore this. Tell me what's going on. What are you thinking? Um, what I'm thinking is that I want him to provide a life that's really amazing for my son. Um, and I don't want to be the only one doing it. I don't want to be the only one um, being able to take him on vacations and buy him whatever he wants and give him birthday parties. And I just know in the past, at least the past two years that we haven't been together, it's always like, oh, I was going to take him to Disney, but I couldn't afford it. And so I would just pay off his debts to make it easier for him to be able to spoil my son because I love my son. Well, can I offer some counter advice to that? I would just say that, and this isn't because he's your ex-husband. I just in general, when when someone comes in is comes in and sweeps in and pays off all your debt, it's really easy to go back into debt because you mm -hmm. haven't gone through the hard work of paying off that debt yourself. Now, what you might want to do instead is say, "Look, I understand you have all this debt." 
And I want to help you with that in some way without, of course, writing you a blank check because it's important for him to realize the pain of paying off that debt so he doesn't go back into that cycle. Perhaps it's that you can, if you really want to, and this is something that you feel comfortable doing, is alleviating some of his costs related to childcare for a short period of time with the goal that he will be able to use that money instead to pay off his debt. So if it's $500 a month that he needs to be able to aggressively pay off credit card debt and in that time frame and in that with that with that uh, pace he could maybe be debt free in a year. I'm just saying maybe then you you spend $500 towards the tuition that he would have. And, and I find this works for couples as a way to manage the, the money that's going back and forth. If, if one person has a lot of debt, I think this is a better solution than saying, here, here's a blank check or here's $30,000, solve it, take care of it with this expectation that suddenly it's going to you know, make everything better. It may or may not. And then that's a big risk. So if you're going to go down that path, I would suggest, that's what I would suggest. You know, you sound like a really generous person. You want to help while you're not together anymore. You have this beautiful son to raise and you want him to feel, have the freedom as you do to be able to, you know, spend time with him, go on vacations. I get that. So maybe it's that you find a way to relieve some of his costs related to childcare for just a period of time. Maybe you even have a a little agreement about this in writing. Mm. It's like, I'm going to pay this, but you need to still, you have an obligation to your debt now. And in the end of the six month period or nine month or 12 month period, we're going to reassess. At the end, at the end, you need to take our son <laughs> to Wally World <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah. Okay. That's, uh, I'm going to follow up with you on that. I'm gonna, and, and let me know how, how that goes. Wait, isn't that only if I win the hundred million? <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. So once you win the lottery, you can do this. But I'm saying, like, you still could win your own personal yeah. lottery. I mean, I'm thinking big like for it. you here. I'm like, you don't have to wait for, you know, the state to give you $100 million. You might be able to just earn that through your business. So once you get into a really comfortable place, more comfortable than you are in now and you want to be generous, this is the arrangement that I would recommend as opposed to just writing off his debt. Um, okay. One thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? I would have to say that this is the staff that I hire for my business. So this is something that I took me a long time to be able to do because I'm a, you know, masculine energy control freak type A personality. So it definitely was something hard for me. But now I'm just like, hey, I don't want to do this. You do this. Um, So that's definitely probably like the best thing that I spend my money on right now. One thing that I spend on that is just an absolute splurge, it's a lot of money, but it's worth every penny. What is that? Oh my gosh. Um, So this is definitely education and training. I just love working with coaches and mentors to improve my skills, to be a better person. Um, So I'm like really simple girl, simple Jersey girl, and I like nice things, but I really enjoy like the intangible things much more the knowledge the experiences the connections with people so that's definitely something and and I like to work with the best so it's not a little bit of money it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) one thing I wish I learned about money growing up is that you don't have to work hard (laughs) for your money that you can make really good money just doing something that you really enjoy working smart not hard yes that's the key when I donate, I like to give to blank because? 
Oh, I like to give to like children's and animals charities because I feel like those are two, you know, things that they can't really help themselves, you know, so children and having a child of my own now, I just definitely want to have like every resource possible to improve children's lives. I can relate to that. And last but not least, I'm Jen Scalia. I'm so money because... I'm so money because I come from a place of service and inspiration. And I really just want to lead by example and show people that anything is possible when you have the right attitude. And you don't BS, which we love as well. Thank you so much, Jen. Everyone check out jenscalia.com. If you're interested in taking your business and your brand from good to great, you want to unleash the confidence within and start making some money. I'm all for that. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. That is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Jen, her website is jenscalia.com. That's two N's in Jen. And you can also follow her on Twitter at Jen Scalia. We've got all this information at somoneypodcast.com where you can also grab the transcript and comments from this episode and all previous episodes. And of course, click on Ask Farnoosh while you're there. Send me your question every Friday. I dedicate the show to answering your money questions. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Hope your day is so money. Money.